0: Hi, this is Ring of Honor Senior Official Todd Sinclair, and you're listening to The Locker Room.
1: The following program is presented by Hamid Media and is rated NSFW for mature audiences only.
0: Pro Wrestling Enthusiasts you're about to go where every diehard fanatic wants to be.
1: It's Monday and you're tuned into the locker room here on Hacker Hot ha Me. Oh, that's gonna be great. Yes, that is perfect. It's the latest
0: news, event previews, and reviews.
1: We are taking over! It just seems completely asinine to me.
2: The inside scoops and the hottest takes. Woo!
1: It's all about my sharshaw, baby. You and your precious fucking Sharsha.
0: You're about to go inside The Locker Room with Michael Jargo.
1: In the 917, they call me El Capitan. 15 years I've been touring this country. Flair is the go, we can debate number two. If I know one thing, it's television. And Rick Vickery.
3: It's me, it's me! It's an art of the B to the V. Over two decades experience in events and promotion. A passion for pro wrestling spanning 34 years. I represent the spirit of the American entrepreneur owner and operator of Herd Marketing Consultant. Then this is hashtag LCDB, lowest common denominator booking. I just think
1: we should expect better from the biggest wrestling company in the freaking world. Tell me how you really feel. Well, I think Roman Reigns is a Welcome to The Locker Room is presented by
2: the Hacker Hameen Media Group.
1: What's up, peeps, freaks, and geeks? Welcome into this very special crossover event for homi Media, the Gorilla Position.com, and Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. On this episode, Rick and I will be previewing this Saturday's Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor event coming to us from the Uno Lakefront Theater, available exclusively online at Ring of Honor Streaming Service Honor Club. Visit ROHWrestling.com for more information. My name is Jargo, I'll be your host for the day. I'm joined as always alongside my tag team partner, RBV Huckleberry Number 1. Rick, Welcome back to your show for like the third time today.
3: It's me. It's me. It's that R to the B of the D. Rick Vigrier. Jargo, I got to ask you, can, can you feel that? Can you tell it in my voice? I mean, that is excitement, brother. That is true excitement. Finally, like you said, you know, we've been recording all day. We've got so much content coming out this week, but this is the show I've been waiting for. I am ready to talk some Ring of Honor or specifically Supercard of Honor.
1: You know, I, I I thought maybe we should record the ROH episode first while we're fresh and we're upbeat, and then I thought, no, 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 no. We're going to record all the WrestleMania crap first, and then we'll end the day on a positive, super happy note, because I'm right there with you, my friend. I am pumped for this show. We've got more matches announced now than what we actually knew before, uh, and it's It's going to be a great show, man. 6,000 people strong. And then I actually had the honor yesterday. Unfortunately, you weren't able to make it. I had a chance to sit down with ROH senior official Todd Sinclair, talk a little bit about his background, how he got into the business. And then I actually got to preview a couple of these matches with Todd Sinclair and get kind of his thoughts about what's going on inside of the, the Bullet Club Civil War, what's going on with the Women of Honor Tournament. And then, of course, the the big uh, championship match, Dalton Castle versus the villain, Marty Skrull.
3: Well, I'm going to tell you, you know, you talk about the perfect interview to land for a major event like this. You know, we've talked to some great individual talents uh, from Ring of Honor over the last couple of weeks. But to score the man that's going to be in there for the biggest moments of that event, who's been there for the build of this thing. Hell, who has been there almost since the beginning? you know, who has shared a ring of honor ring with some of the biggest names in this business. I mean, we're going to get some true insight. Uh, I've, I've had the honor to, to listen to your interview with him. And I know that our listeners, I, they're, this is something they're going to stay tuned in for because it's, it's pretty impressive.
1: You know, I did, I did about 20 minutes with Todd Sinclair yesterday. I feel like I could have talked to that dude for about 20 hours. If, uh, if, At some point when his uh, career inside the ring is done, if Todd Sinclair wants to sit down and do like a a something to wrestle podcast about ring of honor, that dude has some stories to tell. Let me tell you, I would love to listen to that podcast. Just throwing my name out there in case. I was going to say,
3: listen, listen. I mean, you're one of the best producers in the game. Don't be on the sideline.
1: I, I, I would absolutely love to produce that show. Sit down with Todd Sinclair for an hour a week and review some old school Ring of Honor stuff. Oh, that would be epic level shit. That guy's got some stories to tell. Uh, Let's talk about Supercard of Honor coming to us from the Uno Lakefront Arena. Uh, It looks like this show is going to kick off with a match that I just found out was announced when I put together the run for this show. That is Chucky T taking on Jonathan Gresham. Uh, Rick, I don't know how familiar you are with either of these talents, probably a bit more so with Chuck E.T., just because of recent history, uh, but these two talents have been lighting things up at the Ring of Honor live events, so much so the ROH officials are going to let him showcase it at Supercard of Honor.
3: Uh, like like you said, pretty familiar with Chuck E.T. Uh, Grisham is, hey, he's a relatively new talent to me, but someone... You know, for the the bit, the little bits that I've seen of him, very impressed. And when you when you see these guys making a show like this, um, you can't just be but help be happy for the talents. And it's going to be a real treat for for those watching.
1: I think this is absolutely a testament to these two and the match that they have developed. I have heard a lot about the match that we're probably going to see at SuperCard of Honor. These guys have been working against each other now for the last 30 to 45 days kind of at live events and the match is so good ROH officials decided to put it on Supercard of Honor. When ROH officials see a match and they're just like, holy crap, our mainstream audience needs to see this match. That excites me greatly. I'm sure this is going to be a barn burner to start the thing off.
3: Well, you know, especially, you know, maybe if it was a down card, it would be, you know, not to take anything away from it. It would be great to make that make that event but when you look at how already how stacked this card is and then they say you know what we still have to find room for you that's that's pretty impressive yeah
1: yeah that that tells that tells you how good this match is going to be uh let, let, let's talk about a couple of the other matches that have been announced for a while now that we, we've got a bit more creative going into it uh the briscoes defending their newly won roh tag team championships against a very interesting pairing here Jay Lethal and Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace of New Japan, making an appearance at Supercard of Honor with the face of Ring of Honor to take on the two baddest dudes in the company.
3: This one, this could get violent. Uh, And we we expect that from the Briscoes. Uh, As we know, you know, Lethal's been pushing more towards the return to the, the very lethal Jay Lethal. Uh, and then, as always, you know, the ace is going to, he's going to adapt to the, to the situation around him and bring his best. I've, what do you expect here? I, mean, I, I don't know what to expect here. Here's here's
1: what I expect. I do expect the Briscoes to retain here. That's I, I,
3: first I fully, of all. I fully expect that. You know, they're, they are the the veteran team, they are the, the hungry champions. Uh, but you know, as I was looking at this thing and trying to do some research to break this thing down, uh, I wanted to, to mainly like, how's the ACE going to adapt here? I mean, what are you expecting from him specifically from this
1: match? Well, this is the thing that's so intriguing right now. Jay lethal and Hiroshi Tanahashi very much find themselves in the same place inside of their careers. Both have been the face of the company for years, and now you have the new young upstarts that are finally starting to gain traction and taking over the company. And the narrative inside of the Okada and Tanahashi story right now is Tanahashi has lost something. He's not as strong as he used to be. He's not as fast as he used to be. And now Tanahashi is wearing black. I'm not sure if you noticed during the New Japan Cup, he's wearing an awful lot of black. Tanahashi seems as though maybe he's open to breaking a couple of rules here and there to kind of make up for what he has lost inside of the ring. Then, of course, we have Jay Lethal, who at Final Battle took on the villain Marty Skrull, and Marty was trying to pull the Lethal out of Jay Lethal once again and kind of turn him back into the new dirtiest player inside of ring of honor. So we have two aces here who are kind of questioning their own positions inside of the company. And you just happen to be taking on the two baddest dudes in ring of honor. Not a good time to be figuring out chemistry.
3: Well, I, you know, I I think you weighed it out there perfectly. And, Maybe the best way to sum it up, you know, in, in the Ace and Lethal, you pretty much got two old dogs that are cornered. And at this point, they don't have, you know, there's not a lot of wiggle room to figure it out. You're just, you're just going to have to fight your way out. Because you got the baddest dudes in the company, the Briscoes, staring you down.
1: I think there's a lot of people that kind of expect either Jay Lethal is going to turn on Tanahashi or Tanahashi is going to turn on Jay Lethal. I don't expect the latter now that the Tanahashi and Okada match has been announced. But could you see this being where we do get full bore heel Jay Lethal? And and what brings this up to me is that promo when he announced Hiroshi Tanahashi as his partner, and he closed it by saying, Tanahashi, don't let me down. If Tanahashi takes the pinfall here to one of the Briscoes, Could this be where we see the lethal come back out in Jay?
3: I most certainly could see this thing play out that way. I guess maybe it's the the selfish fan in me. I would just like to see these guys, you know, just maintain some sort of alliance. Uh, You know, as you laid it out there, I think it's just, it'd be so cool like them guys just kind of knowing that, you know, on opposite ends of the world, they are still in the same position and that they could probably benefit from one another to revive, you know, as you said, in many of people's eyes, revive their careers.
1: This next match intrigues me greatly as well. That's going to be Kenny King taking on Silas Young in a last man standing match for the ROH TV Championship. Um, this match probably would not interest me nearly as much if we hadn't had the Austin Aries angle and this match wasn't happening In New Orleans, Louisiana, WrestleMania weekend, when you know Austin Aries is in New Orleans, Louisiana on WrestleMania weekend. I very much expect an appearance from the greatest man who ever lived here, and it wouldn't surprise me if he helps Kenny King defeat Silas Young to retain the ROH TV championship in a last man standing match.
3: Well, I was going to say I really was intrigued by the stipulation added to this thing. Uh, I think you know this as you look at it on paper, that would pretty much play to um to young, you know, to Young's strong points. Absolutely. You know, you know he, he is that, you know, the was he the last original man or real the last real man?
1: The last real man. And it just so happens that last man standing
3: matches happen to be his specialty. So and I and I could see it, but you know, we have that that open end that we never really got closure on, you know, from the last big event where, you know, Austin Aries made his presence felt and, you know, hopefully we know he's going to be there. So hopefully we get a big payoff. Actually, I am pulling up right now the list of events. I want to see if he has anything going on Saturday night.
1: Well, while you're pulling that up, I mean, obviously, Silas Young is going to have backup in the form of the Beer City Bruiser. I'm sure that the Bruiser will somehow get involved in this thing. Kenny King is going to need an equalizer. It would only make sense that Austin Aries rear his ugly head here.
3: Uh, Okay. uh, Following Supercard of Honor, Austin Aries is scheduled for uh, House of Hardcore against Brian Cage.
1: Oh, yeah, that's the uh, midnight show, isn't
3: it? Yeah, the 1159 show.
1: Interesting, interesting.
3: That will be going on at the sugar mill.
1: I expect a big angle here that's going to set up the uh, Kenny King and Austin Aries inevitable match. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, This match doesn't have a whole lot of creative, but I'm very, very excited by it because it's going to be two big, strong dudes just beating the ever-loving piss out of one another. Of course, I'm talking about Punishment Martinez taking on New Japan Pro Wrestling's Tomohiro Ishii. I don't even care who wins, man. I don't even care.
3: Well, this is is just one of those specialty attraction matches here. Uh, And... This is going to be one of those I think that, you know, a lot of people are actually going to be talking about afterwards for, I mean, he wants some some brutality and some hard-hitting action. I mean, this, you look up and down this card, I know, I know we were just talking about a last man standing where we expected, I mean, when it comes to brutality, this match might top that match.
1: I expect this match will probably be more physical than Kenny King and Silas Young last man standing. Uh Ishi is over huge in the United States ever since uh he had that rope spot with Kenny Omega when he was holding on to the top rope by literally the skin of his teeth so he didn't take a German suplex through a table in Long Beach last year. Since then, Ishi is a made dude in the United States. Um it's also an interesting dynamic where the ROH talent definitely is not going to be the crowd favorite here. I expect Ishii to be completely treated as the baby face, but do you see Punishment Martinez coming out on top here because it is a ring of honor show? Or do you really see two new Japan talents taking a loss on this show?
3: Man, it, it really gets tricky when you, when you're kind of looking at the amount of, you know, not, not just Japanese, but new Japan talent on this show. Uh, how many how many L's are they going to take here? But I I know me and you were very surprised that that punishment wasn't involved in in the world title match, uh, and then to kind of just be you know without really giving a story or directive why you know. But as it seemed they've been high on him, you would have to think he's got to go over in this thing so they can just you know jumpstart him again correct that's a
1: big win for punishment martinez if he gets one up on tomohiro Ishii in this match
3: i mean that would i mean then you get a big win right there that pretty much you could just slide right back into the world or any other ring of honor title picture correct yeah
1: absolutely absolutely if if punishment martinez beats tomohiro Ishii, i absolutely think he is in line for whatever title shot he wants
3: now on the flip side if he doesn't, where do you see him going from there? Is it one of those where maybe a, a great outing that the audience is really talking about after still keeps his push going? Or is this a case where maybe they've cooled off on him and they're gonna let him go to the back burner for a bit before before finding something new for him?
1: I think win or lose, this is going to be a career defining match for Punishment Martinez inside of Ring of Honor. Because I think as far as the Ring of Honor fans are concerned, they want that four to four and a half star match out of Punishment Martinez. And it's kind of what I've I've said about Dalton Castle, where he just does not feel like the Ring of Honor champion because he is so character-based. That's kind of where Punishment is too. This is an absolute opportunity for Punishment Martinez to go out there and show us everything you got. Give us everything you got. I want to see the best match you have ever put on because you know Ishii is going to
3: bring that. Fair enough. Good assessment there.
1: So let's uh, move on to the uh, ROH six-man tag titles. Of course, uh, our, our friend TKO Ryan and the kingdom not getting their uh, title opportunity here. They will be outside hashtag protest ROH, as opposed to hashtag watch ROH. That's kind of disappointing because I I was very much looking forward to SoCal Uncensored versus The Kingdom. Not that this is going to be a bad match in any way, shape, or form. Uh, This match is basically the result of Bully Ray completely overstepping his power as an ROH official. We have SoCal Uncensored taking on Flip Gordon and the Young Bucks for the ROH six-man tag titles. Oh, yeah,
3: and it's a ladder match. Well, you know, just, you know, real quick, anyone that hasn't already caught our interview with uh, Orion, oh, make sure that you head on over to our poppy page or you can find us on Facebook. We've, we've got it there. Uh, you're going to want to give that a listen, man. He he doesn't hold any punches, you know, for his disdain towards one Mr. Bully Ray. But, you know, this this is going to be an incredible match. But, you know, what's more enticing there is, you know, the story beyond the match. Uh, are we going to see the kingdom get in here? You know, uh, he, he pretty much told us during the interview, he didn't want to stooge too much off, but they were going to change the fate of, of this event. Uh, and then within moments of him making that statement to us, it was released that they have been banned from the building. I mean, that right there, I mean, you're going to have to keep your eye out from every which direction. Is someone going to be coming through the crowd to interfere in this thing? And that's already on top of how crazy this match is going.
1: Well, and then you also have SoCal Uncensored versus Ring of Honor. Of course, you also have our, our good friend Shane Taylor, who is a uh, hired gun for SoCal Uncensored. Being a ladder match, wouldn't surprise me to see Mr. Taylor uh, show up at uh, this event. And then you also have the story of Flip Gordon and the Young Bucks. I, that's not necessarily the uh, team that you would have uh, predicted would be challenging for the six-man titles here. There's also the intrigue of... Cody Rhodes hates Flip Gordon.
3: You know, Cody against Flip, uh, Nick Jackson
1: and Matt, Matt Jackson, Jackson kind
3: of kind of that at odds on, you know, on how they see different things. Bullet Club uh, is fine. You don't know if one of those guys is, is going to take out some frustration on Flip. Uh, if he's happened, doesn't, you know, live up to their expectations in this match. Uh, so much going on, like you said. This is you know, outside of the the dot dot dive or you know, the big spots, the super kicks. I mean the stories that we could see develop in this one, and that's just worth the the price of the mission alone.
1: There's so many different ways that this match could end. And the only thing that we know for sure is it is going to be a complete train wreck. There are going to be bodies flying absolutely everywhere. But Rick, as you watch this match. I want you to focus on one guy in particular, and that dude is Frankie Kazarian. And then keep in mind, Frankie Kazarian wants to fight Todd Sinclair. (laughs) It's a very interesting uh, part of the upcoming interview, that's for sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Hangman Page versus Kota Ibushi before we get over to the interview. Uh, this is another one of the much more intriguing matches on this card. Once again, you have a New Japan talent taking on an ROH talent, but much more so, you have a
3: Bullet Club member taking on Kota Ibushi. And, and let's not forget that we just saw these two in the same ring uh, a week ago.
1: And I feel like this is another one of those matches, kind of like we were talking about with Punishment Martinez. We've talked on this show before. It seems everybody's best match happens to be against Kota Ibushi. Hangman, this is the time. If you're going to give us that big match, you're going to step it up in front of 6,000 people in New Orleans. Now is the time, because
3: you know Ibushi's going to bring it. Well, you know, it seems... That seems to be the story of 2018 with Hangman. You know, each and every time out, you know he's he's adding a new wrinkle to his game. Uh, he's he's taking it to the next level, uh, and I don't see any reason that he's going to stop you. You know, as you said, Bushi gets the best out of his opponents, uh, especially on big stages like this. I think you know Hangman's going to come out here and really impress some people, and we've and we've got the great backstory. You know, you have got you got Bullet Club, you got a Golden Lover here.
1: It's gonna be intriguing. It's
3: gonna be and intriguing. Was it? It, it just it, it escapes my memory. Who? What was the pin in that match at Genesis? Hangman Pin Kota. There we go. Then. Uh, so I mean, I, you're more of the expert here. I mean, I've just assumed that that Ibushi is getting that win here. Correct?
1: I have to think so, but. I'm kind of 50-50 on it because when I look at the main event, I have to think that Kenny is winning that main event. Do you see Kenny and Ibushi both winning? Like if Ibushi wins, I feel more likely Cody wins the main event. If Hangman wins, I feel more likely Kenny wins the main event.
3: You know what? I want to kind of just let that you know fester for a minute in the mind let's let's save some of that, that main event talk where we get there i mean that, that you're bringing up some very uh intriguing questions
1: well let's go ahead we'll, we'll we'll let it fester for a little bit let's throw it over to the todd sinclair interview let's hear from the man who is literally in the middle of all of this this saturday night in new orleans ladies and gentlemen todd sinclair What's up, peeps, freaks, and geeks? Welcome back inside the locker room for this very special Hitting the Marks Hami Media crossover event. I, of course, am your host, Jargo, but ladies and gentlemen, please join us in welcoming into the locker room at this time by way of Boston, Massachusetts. This man joined Ring of Honor in 2004. Do the math. That's 14 years, guys. He is the man considered by many wrestlers to be the best referee in the sport, a man who has officiated more Ring of Honor championship matches than any other man, the most trusted black and white in the business today. Ladies and and gents ring of honor senior official todd sinclair mr sinclair welcome inside the locker room hello hello how are you well so far so good man unfortunately rick wasn't able to join us today but i i guess people are used to hearing the sound of my voice we're not used to hearing the sound of your voice though
0: no i i uh, I, li- I limit it down to to counting pretty much <laughs> and telling telling people to knock it off
1: Well, Mr. Sinclair, before we talk about Ring of Honor's big show this Saturday night in New Orleans, let's talk a little bit about how you got into the business. Um, I understand that you're quite the old school wrestling fan, that you were a regular at Boston ECW events. Uh, When did you first discover the passion for professional wrestling and and how did you find your way into the Stripes?
0: I I don't know the exact year, uh, but I think it was around six or seven. So that would put us around 1980 when, uh, 80 or 81, when I first started watching wrestling. And, uh, I, I just kind of – I fell in love with it like I think most of us do. I was I went to a friend's house in the neighborhood and they had it on the TV. And once I saw it, I was hooked. Um, and that, I remember the exact match I saw. It was Magnificent Morocco versus Pedro Morales. That was – I was just blown away by what I was seeing. And so the second I got home, I told my dad, like, we need to watch wrestling on TV. Like this, No matter what – is going on we need to find when this is on and we'll schedule our weekends around this anything else can happen but i need to watch this so uh, i i latched onto it immediately um and just i would became a lifelong fan i never you know had those moments even you know going through high school or college where i fell out of love with it i just continued to watch and uh <clears throat> i i, I always wanted to do it. And it wasn't, I didn't ever wanted to be a wrestler. I wanted to be a ref. I, uh, some reason I latched on to the referees when I was watching on TV and I, I, always had the feeling that I could, could do it, but I had a, I, a real case of stage fright. I, uh, I'm not very good socially sometimes and I'm terrified of talking in front of people and get in front of getting in front of a crowd. But I figured the referee could, you know, live in the background. Live you know, not be the feature. So I if I lived in the background and I could take part in what I really, really wanted to do, I figured I could do it. So I gave it a chance at the coaxing of a bunch of friends and I actually went to an independent show um in two thousand one with no training and my friend one of my friends was wrestling on the show and they convinced me to ref his match later in the show at an admission. So I paid a ticket and watched the first half of the show, and then I actually jumped in the ring and refed a match on the same show. That was my my step into uh, refereeing, and from there I just I I figured I could do it from there. It just gave me the confidence to go to wrestling school and and give this a shot.
1: Nothing like jumping into the deep end of the pool. Yeah, right. Uh, I understand that you trained under Mike Hollow and Dukes Dalton at the uh, Chaotic Training Center in North Andover, Massachusetts, and then later under Killer Kowalski when his school kind of merged in with Chaotic. Uh, But a lot of our listeners don't necessarily know that you actually went through wrestlers training, not just the referee course. You said that you never had any desire to compete in the ring, so was it – just to understand, like the mindset of a wrestler. Why would you put yourself through that?
0: Yeah, it was it was a combination of wanting to learn everything I could because I loved wrestling so much. I wanted to learn from A to Z everything I could about pro wrestling. But the other part was um, there wasn't a referee curriculum be- because there just wasn't someone training referees. But I did need to go to wrestling school, and I figured I. I need to get in there. Number one, learn how to not kill myself learning <laughs> how to bump. Cause I didn't want to you know, have injuries every time I did something, but also it was, it was kind of what you said. I, I wanted to learn how to think like a wrestler. I had no desire to ever wrestle on a show, but I wanted to learn how they thought, how they put things together. So when I was in there at, with them, I could stay out of the way. I could anticipate, I could, uh, kind of play up and help them tell their story so i i learned the ins and outs across the board uh, and it was tough it you know the, i went through the the pain and, and the you know the 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 toughness of, of wrestling training but i i really think it helped my referee i think it made me a better ref by doing that
1: i mean obviously you've been in the ring for for some controversial times during ring of honor have, have any of the talents ever approached you about you know doing a full-on program and actually having a match against them
0: i've i've been threatened by frankie kazarian a few times <laughs> uh he i mean when when he's in the ring he's a he's intense all the time and there was a show somewhere in the uk i can't remember where it was last year uh, i don't remember the town but he gave me so much crap that just impromptu, on a whim, he, he threatened me and, and kind of got in my face, and I locked up with him. I actually started wrestling around with him a little bit, kind of maybe a little out of my mind. I didn't expect I would do such a thing, um, but he pushed me over the edge. We did a little something in there, and then I finally smartened up and said, okay, this Frankie is going to kick my ass if I do any, anything further. Oh, I bet the crowd response for that was incredible. Oh, yeah, it was definitely like they were way into, you know, what we were going to do and stuff. And it was fun for sure. But it's, it's not my cup of tea. Uh, if He's, he's uh, challenged me to do something else down the road, and I want no part of it. I, like I said, he, he beat the tar out of me. And I don't, I'm not a fan of getting the, the, the crap beat out of me on, on, on a voluntary basis. Especially not from somebody as big as
1: freaking Kazarian. Right. I think he'd want to start a little bit lower down the totem pole.
0: <laughs> right, I should I should pick like Ryan Nova or, or something. I mean for, like Todd Sinclair joke. versus cheeseburger. I could see that. Yeah, but he'd also kick my ass. There's a size difference, but Berger would kick my ass. He'd show me in the face, and I'd probably lose my jaw. So, so, Mr. Sinclair, let's kind of start turning our attention
1: here to Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. Of course, coming to us this Saturday night on Ring of Honor's new streaming service, Honor Club. Visit ROHWrestling.com for more details on how to become a member. Uh, this event is sold out, to my understanding, so if you don't have a ticket— Honor Club is the only way that you're going to get to see the event, Uh, Mr. Sinclair. You started with ROH in 2004, very early into the company. You you have to hold a certain sense of pride in what ROH has become since those early days. What what do you expect from the ROH faithful, six thousand strong in New Orleans, and and you're going to be
0: standing right in the middle of all of that chaos? What's that going to be like? I think it's going to be great. I uh, we we've this is almost doubling as far as I know, almost doubling the biggest crowd we've ever had. Um, and it's the matches I think have, have been a part of it. You know, the, the company has grown over the years, uh, at a, at a really steady pace. And and I think that's a good thing. Uh, but the, the characters and and the wrestlers that we have on the show from Cody and and Kenny Omega to Dalton castle and, and Marty, um, and from Tanahashi and lethal and briscoes, like all the characters that are coming together and all these matches that are coming together. Uh, this is going to be a big deal. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, you, you always want to have, you know, you, you know, someday we're going to be in, in front of, you know, uh, thousands and thousands of people, uh, as you're, you're doing this and you start out, but I, I don't think in my, in my dreams, I thought we'd get to this stage to this size of a crowd, just because of where we came from, the humble beginnings of Ring of Honor, and also the, you know, how we you know went through the different regimes with with Gabe running the booking, but then Carrie Silkin running things all on his own money wise and as far as the owner uh, and putting keeping us alive essentially to to now that we're you know we're now big enough to be able to pull this off, I think it's going to be a, an amazing amazing time.
1: I cannot wait for this show. Cannot wait for this show. Uh, let, let's let talk about a couple of the matches coming up at Supercard of Honor. Uh, do you know which matches you're going to be officiating on the show as of yet? Is, is that a decision you know ahead of time? Or as senior official, is that actually your responsibility to pass out the assignments for the officiating crew?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know completely right now I don't because I don't know the the order of the show like what when matches will go on uh but it is it is my role I do assign referees throughout the night the one match I know that I'll do is uh Dalton defending the world the world title against Marty Skrull just because it's that's the biggest prize we have in, in the company and that's to me, that's a gigantic match, and I always want to be officiating those title matches as, as often as I can. So I know I'll be doing that one, but aside from that, I don't know how the, the, the show will, will, will be presented, which matches will be first, which will be last. I have no idea.
1: Uh, that was actually the first match I wanted to ask you about because I knew, being an ROH championship match, that you would be the man at the center of the action there. Uh, Skrull and Castle have met before in Skrull's debut, actually, in Liverpool, England. I couldn't find video of the match. Do you recall? Were you the official for that match?
0: I don't think I was, actually. I, I think I don't think I ref that match because I, I know I refed when marty won the the television title on that tour but i don't think i ref that specific match you you've been in there with both talents
1: do do you how do you see this thing kind of playing out uh, i mean as far as a prediction i have no idea i it's just it's just two personalities that are are so much larger than life it's i mean you were in the middle of the ring for daniel bryan Brian Danielson, of course, at the time versus Nigel McGuinness. Now you get Dalton Castle versus Marty Scurll. It's, it's, it's a very different sort of dynamic, especially inside of Ring of Honor.
0: Yeah, it's it's huge. And it's the good thing about it, too, I think going into this is, you know, Dalton's still fairly new as the champion. He only won the belt, you know, three or four months ago. But Marty's never had a title shot. So the type of guy that Marty is, you know, the villain name means a lot to him and and, and to how he presents himself. How does Marty Skrull go into this match the first time he's ever had it? I'm, I'm really interested in in that because it's been a year and a half that he's been in the company. And to finally get that shot, I I don't think he's going to leave any stone unturned. I think he's going to go give it everything he has to try and win that
1: belt. And of course, Marty has the confidence. He defeated Dalton castle in his debut match. So he has beaten the champion before Right. And then we also have Dalton Castle in New Orleans. I can't imagine the pageantry that Dalton Castle and the boys are coming up with for New Orleans, Louisiana.
0: Yeah, I, I can only imagine. I It's fun to watch. You know, the the fans get to see Dalton's entrances on, on our shows, you know, on the on the pay-per-views and on stuff on Honor Club. Uh, but it's fun to watch him put that together during the day. Um, he's because he's got different people involved he's got production wise he's got lighting he's got all kinds of ways that he has in his brain how he's going to make that entrance so i i'm really looking forward to to seeing the entrance itself but i i my favorite part is is to see him put it together before the show maybe we i can talk to somebody i'm actually going to talk to somebody at production and see if there's any way we can kind of do like a documentary even if it's like a three minute thing of how he puts that together Earlier in the day, I think the fans would like to see that because I think it's really cool. I would absolutely love to see
1: that. That's that's the sort of thing I would love to see on Honor Club, too. Right. Yeah, I think it's a
0: great place for it.
1: Uh, also on this show, the first Women of Honor champion will be crowned. I, I kind of assume that you will be in the ring for this moment, being a championship match. Uh, how, how do you feel about this Women of Honor tournament? Uh, do you feel any different pressures officiating a women's match than you do a men's, a tag, a six-man? Does
0: does it change the approach to the matches whatsoever? No, not for me. Um, the, the The quality of, of women's wrestling today in, in 2018 is is so good that it's not men's wrestling and women's wrestling as far as what the, you know, there's not a difference. Let's they go in there and they, they wrestle and they have the same passion that everybody else has. And they have the skills that, that can back it up. So I don't refer it any differently. Um, but I'm really excited about not just the title match, but the two matches on the, uh, the earlier show on the pre-show that is going to be broadcast on Facebook live for everybody to see. So the two semifinals will be there uh, and then we, whoever wins those two matches goes on to the finals, onto the main show. And, uh, I, this is a big deal for every, every woman wrestler that we've ever had come through the company, uh, because there's been the wrestling and there's been, it's kind of about the sport, but there's never been a title to go after. And Now, finally, there's this championship that we'll, we'll see the first champion and I'm really interested to see who's going to pull it off.
1: Very intrigued, of course, uh here at the Hamin Media Group. We we recently had Kelly Klein on the show, so we we all have our favorites. Mm-hmm. But uh ve- very much looking forward to uh, the semifinals as well as the finals. Uh a- as you were saying, you can catch the semifinals on Facebook uh before the show. Uh finally, Mr. Sinclair, I, I wanted to ask you about the main event, Kenny Omega taking on Cody. Don't call him Rhodes. As a man who's been on the front lines in the locker room with these guys literally stuck in the middle of this Bullet Club Civil War,
0: what's your take on the entire situation? Um, it's been interesting to watch. And I, I don't know – I mean, as I, everything that I've seen, and I, I've basically seen everything that, that all the fans have seen, I don't have an opinion on who's right in this argument. You know, there's there's different attitudes and, and different – you know, someone's taking claim. You know, people are taking claim to the leadership of the Bullet Club and stuff. But I don't have an opinion who's right or who's wrong in this thing. I, I'm really excited to see them go at it and kind of settle that in the ring instead of just, let's say, just put it to a vote with all the Bullet Club members. You know what I mean? I think it's 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 going to be a pretty amazing moment to see them s- step in there and go at it one on one, and whoever comes out of this, I mean. It's they're gonna you know they're gonna have to be answered to as kind of the leader of the bull club in my opinion and it's kind of pr- pretty awesome to watch. You know, as as the
1: official that is kind of in the middle of this whole thing. How does how does one prepare for something like this? I mean, obviously you know that you're going to have talent A and talent B, but when you have the Bullet Club involved, uh, earlier on the show you, you have the six-man titles on the line with SoCal Uncensored, the Young Bucks and Flip Gordon in a ladder match. How, how does one prepare for something
0: like that when you know this is just going to be absolute chaos? By my approach to all this stuff is number one, to be unbiased, but number two, I, I, I really, really want things to be settled in the ring. Like I don't want to dictate, um, you know, okay, here, there's a situation here comes a, a person who, who say goes past my five count. Now I'm all about enforcing the rules, but if, if I can be a little more lenient to let, the best man win based off skill and be, based off competition I that's the way I go into it I, I want them to settle it on their own now I'll I'll get in there and I'll dictate you know what what is okay and what's bad and what's you know what I can be more lenient on but I, my, my goal in going into these matches is to let let them let things fall as they may because of the competition not because of what I have to say.
1: Mr. Sinclair, we'd like to thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners how to find you across social media and anything else that you would like to plug, promote, or put over?
0: Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, my, the best bet is Twitter. Uh, just take my name, flip it backwards, so it's Sinclair Todd. Um, that's the best way to reach me. I, I don't use Facebook super much anymore, and I actually don't have a Snapchat or Instagram or whatever the kids use these days, so Twitter's the way. Um, and and all I can say is... is you know look us up on on rohwrestling.com and sign up for honor club uh, there is there's different ways to sign up for it uh, my advice is to sign up for the VIP membership which lets you get even the pay-per-views for free not just all the streaming things that we do and then pay you know a, a percentage of the of the pay-per-views but you actually get the pay-per-views for free so like final battle in december i think best in the world would be one those are all free under your VIP mem- membership, so my advice is to sign up for VIP. Uh, but if you don't sign up for VIP, you can still get SuperCard of Honor. You can get the shows on the War of the Worlds tours. You can get all of our streaming shows uh, under the the basic signups and the you know what you pay for a month on the Honor Club. So so rohwrestling dot Give that a try and uh, just tune in to SuperCard and don't forget that pre-show on Facebook Live, because that those two semifinal matches are going to be a big deal.
1: Thank you very much, Todd, and best of luck in New Orleans.
0: Cool. Thanks a lot. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is the T-Smashing, jaw-cracking kid from the east side of Cleveland, Ohio, Shane Taylor, and you're listening to my Ohio brother, RBV, and that bully club, Mark Jargo, in the locker room.
2: Hey, this is Stevie Richards, and I'm here to tell you, you don't necessarily need all this equipment to get in the best shape of your life. All you need is this, a resistance band. I'm so excited to offer the 12-week resistance band training program to you, which features an interactive PDF with full overview videos, modifications, descriptions of all the exercises, scalability, no matter what fitness level or what age you are, the PDF scales the workout to you. Also, after your instant download of the PDF, you get full direct email support right from me, as well as access to a Facebook group with an awesome interactive community. I can't wait to help you take control of your fitness journey. So, just put in stevierichardsfitness.com, go to the store, and download the 12-week resistance band training program.
1: Rick, that interview was so much fun.
3: Uh, Like I said, you know, very disappointed i couldn't be there uh it's a personal which will keep you know kept me away from it but what a great lesson that was and i hope everyone out there enjoyed it
1: i'm telling you something to wrestle with todd sinclair i want to be the guy on the other end of that podcast god i want to hear some of that guy's stories some of the conversations that we had off air i'll have to uh elaborate on sometime when uh we're not on the record here uh, let, us let's, let's go ahead and let's talk about the matches that I talked about with Mr. Sinclair. Uh, let's start with the women of honor and, uh, the semifinals of the tournament, of course, happening on Facebook and then the finals happening on the big show themselves. Um, I know we of course have a favorite here, Miss Kelly Klein. I, we absolutely expect to take this whole thing. Kelly Klein takes on Mayu Iwatani. On the pre-show, and then Sumi Sakai takes on Miss Tennille Dashwood. Who do you see coming out of the uh, Sumi Sakai Tennille
3: Dashwood match? Oh, you know, Sakai is what, what a great competitor, an amazing talent. Uh, you would just have to, you know, for just being the the inaugural uh, Woman of Honor Championship, and, and you're gonna, you're, you really want that big spotlight there. You, you'd have to think Dashwood is is the right call.
1: I'm very intrigued to the crowd response for that match because, of course, Tennille Dashwood, formerly known as Emma, with the mainstream culture, a much bigger star. But inside of ROH, like when we had the Kelly Klein interview, Sumi Sakai is one of the original women of honor.
3: So I'm very intrigued how the crowd responds to these two talents. I think, you know, the way this is set up you've got a, a really great story going forward. Uh, but man, if, if you, if you go Dashwood here, I'd almost think, you know, and, and if, if Kelly wins her semi match, you know, it could put Kelly in a very unfamiliar spot in the finals, because I don't think that, you know, a lot of people are going to embrace Dashwood going over two of the originals, uh, you know, two of that are at the forefront that have led the way I mean, I think she's going to get a lot of heat.
1: And then there's also the aspect of the two Japanese talents, once again, taking L's here. I I understand it's not the New Japan relationship, and Sumi is more of an ROH talent than she is a stardom talent at this point, but Mayu is obviously a stardom talent. You, you start getting into some interesting politics when you get into all of the uh, ROH relationships and how they make all those
3: relationships work. You know, coming coming from a marketing standpoint, this could be one of those things that you call on the fly. Uh, you could kind of judge the reaction that you are getting from, you know, both from how many, how many new subscribers do you have to honor club? within a short range of this event, you know, as we're building up here in the next couple of days. And then even more so, you know, what is the viewership? You know, how many hits are we getting on Facebook? I mean, how, how much are people really invested in this? And how much do we believe that we can turn this thing around to bring eyes in, you know, especially as we're up against NXT TakeOver?
1: Yeah, because, I mean, there's something very appealing about Kelly Klein versus Sumi Sakai, two of the original Women of Honor facing off in the finals. There's something very intriguing about Kelly Klein versus Tenille Dashwood. There's something intriguing about Mayu Iwatani versus Tenille
3: Dashwood. Well, and I'm thinking, you know, if I really see, if I really see Dashwood spiking some numbers, then you'd have to, you'd have to, I think you pull the trigger there.
1: It's intriguing. It's intriguing. Uh, Kelly Klein, still my pick to come out as the uh, very first women of honor champion. Well, looking line, at this, you know, thing. she
3: is she is the queen of first, uh, and she is she's very gracious in putting over you know the fellow competitors uh, in that division. Well, I say putting over in the sense of she respects her opponents. You know, when they get in the ring and that bell rings, you know, it's all about all about Kelly Klein whooping some butt. Uh, and at this point, you know that's that's been her mindset, and everything she set her eyes on, she's obtained, and she is the gatekeeper. She is leading the way. And it does, I don't, I don't think it matters who is across the ring from her. You know, when this thing is all said and done, she's going to be holding that championship.
1: Speaking of championship matches, let's talk about Dalton Castle versus the villain, Marty Skrull. This, of course, being the only match that Mr. Sinclair knew that he was going to be officiating because it is the Ring of Honor championship. Um, I got to say advantage Dalton Castle here, man. I don't see him dropping this championship yet, but God damn, I want Marty Skrull to beat Dalton Castle.
3: I think, you know, it, we kind of agreed talking a few, you know, in a, the build towards this over the last couple of weeks that, you know, Marty might be here. It was more of a marketing ploy to get, you know, a Bullet Club logo and member up on that marquee challenging for the championship. I, I'm with you, man. I, I I don't even know if I really think he, if I really want him to win, but I just I don't think the time's right. I'm very
1: much looking to forward to the pageantry that is Dalton Castle inside of New Orleans, but I don't think that Marty ain't going to be coming with some of his own special
3: pageantry. Well, I was going to say, you know, this is going to be there's going to be some tremendous pageantry, and this is going to be, if anything, your sports entertainment moment of the night.
1: I really want Marty Skrull to win this championship.
3: Well, and I and I know what you're thinking. I know what you're going with because you know one of the hottest programs in all of professional wrestling is as the Bullet Club turns. And just think of what this would do there.
1: Well, and I also think one of the hottest acts in all of the world of professional wrestling is just Marty Skrull in general. I mean, you hear those whoop whoop chants everywhere at wrestling events these days.
3: I know it's so over. I just. It's just the just timing doesn't picture, feel right. I don't know. I just don't picture him at this time as representing, you know, one of the top promotions in the world as their champion is their top champion,
1: which is just crazy because there's nothing about Marty that doesn't scream. Make me the face of the company. That's the crazy part of it. He's got the character. He's got the in-ring work. He's over as hell. His merchandise game is on point. He's a good looking guy, but, it just doesn't feel like it's right.
3: I, I know he just doesn't scream Ring of Honor World Champion to me.
1: Does Dalton
3: Castle? I guess that's a fair point, but I guess in you know, more of like this flamboyant over-the-top way. For for whatever reason, not saying, you know, I think I could choose a handful of other talents on this roster that'd rather see that position. Uh, but for the time being, it, it seems to work for Castle. And as you said, you know, a lot of time it's about timing and where it fits in. And it's just as, you know, it's almost like it's not right right now for Marty.
1: So let's talk about the big one, the match that feels like it should be for the ROH championship. Um, most of the time, I'm I'm all about the championship being the main event. I feel like the championship is, is the biggest prize inside of the company and it always should be the main event. And yet we have just previewed three shows today and I don't feel like any of them are going to be headlined by their championship. I don't think that AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura is going to be the main event of WrestleMania. I don't think Andrade Cien Almas versus Aleister Black will be the main event of NXT TakeOver. And I absolutely expect that Cody and Kenny will be the main event of Supercard of Honor.
3: Well, you know, going back, you know, when we were talking about NXT earlier this afternoon, you asked me, or not just about all of WWE, the match that has me most excited for this weekend. You know, I I obviously said uh, Gargano and and Ciampa there. I mean, this match, if you ask me about for all of professional wrestling, it's this match here, Cody versus Kenny Omega.
1: This is the one. This is the match of WrestleMania weekend for a lot of people, myself included. The
3: Bullet Club explodes. Well, and 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 as you were mentioning earlier, you know we're trying to figure out, you know, what makes sense on the card, who goes over here. And my first thought was, you know, if Kenny wins this thing, I I, it's going to be like World War III. I mean, we've seen, you know, how how Cody just goes to extremes and, and. Oh, and just completely loses his top when he doesn't get the simplest things to go his way. Now, if he's the one who's actually taking the L himself and has no one, I mean, he he realizes that it's on his shoulders here. I mean, what's what's that wrath going to be like?
1: Did they pull the trigger on this thing too soon? Like, because in the last couple of episodes of being the elite, it feels as though Cody has clearly now been defined as the guy who is wrong. He's the one trying to change the Bullet Club logo. He's the one trying to split up the Young Bucks. Everybody's on to it at this point. Did they pull the trigger on it too soon? Should they have saved it for after Supercard to make it so clear that Cody's the one in the wrong here?
3: You know, I this goes... And you know, we thought maybe this match was, was being brought to us far too soon. We thought this was going to be down the road. But we give them credit because they, they have proven themselves time and time again that they're going to come through for us. So I'm, I'm going to go – I'm going to stay with that mindset. Everything that we've been given is there for a reason. They have a master plan, and I am so invested and intrigued with this thing. I'm going to be on the edge of my seat this entire show waiting for the moment to find out what that next step might be. You know, even if as, if they're kind of setting up there, you know, if cody, Cody's cody been proven to be wrong now, you know, people are starting to see that. I could see, you know, I've been trying to defend him. You know, maybe he's not totally wrong. He's trying to expose the true evils that are going on with inside Bullet Club. You know, he wins this here. You know, his, it gives him a platform to to continue maybe why he's right.
1: So let's go back in time about a half hour. Rick, Hangman Page takes on Coda Ibushi on this show. How does that play out? And then how does Cody and Kenny play out? And how does one influence the other?
3: If I'm booking this thing right now, I have an incredible match with Hangman and Ibushi. And I don't know if I have a clean finish in that thing. Because, I, I, because you know, a lot of people are going to be looking at it like we are. Okay, one guy goes over here. How is this going to work going down the line? I think I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of taking that way out, but I think it works here because it continues the cliffhanger for the bigger moment and the bigger payoff.
1: This thing's not ending at Supercard of Honor.
3: That is clear. Oh. Oh, we've, we've been saying all along, you know, this isn't for those thinking this is happening far too soon in this story. This is, there is no, this isn't going to be a payoff here. This is going to be the explosion to the real story. This is just the beginning of the real excitement.
1: Yeah, because there have been matches announced uh, for the Dontaku tour that are like, you know, 10 man tags, Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. So this thing is far from over, regardless of how this match comes out here. Um, Cody versus Kenny, I just, I don't I don't know how in the world this match could possibly go any other way than Kenny Omega defeating Cody. Don't call him Rhodes. I just I cannot fathom any scenario where if it's a clean finish inside the ring. Kenny Omega loses to Cody Rhodes without some kind of debauchery.
3: Well, you know, that's another thing. We've got all, all of these other stable mates working this show and it's all leading up to this is the main event. You know, what? what is their involvement going to be? You know, Are they going to have anything left in the tank after their own matches? What's their, what's, what are they even thinking going into something like this? I mean, hell, I wouldn't be surprised at this point if, Kenny Omega walks out with Brandy Rhodes in his arms. at this point, I
1: wouldn't be surprised to see Cody Rhodes walk out with Koda Ibushi in
3: his arms.
1: It's it, as ridiculous as it sounds. It's this thing could be spun so many different ways. And that's why we're
3: so invested in this program. Well, yeah, that could, everyone was buying into that Cody dyed his hair to honor his father. Maybe he died that because, you know, really he's a golden lover.
1: Are you trying to say, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go. Maybe it's maybe it's a Bullet Club thing. Nope, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. So, Rick, at the end of the night, who do you see standing tall with the streamers coming down in the middle of the ring at the Uno Lakefront Arena in New Orleans, Louisiana?
3: Okay, you know what? This is one of those like like we were talking about this is our match of the weekend. This is what what we're here for. This is the biggest moment for us. And one of the reasons is it's been such a great storyline, the drama, the suspense, everything you want from from great theater. It's one of those times we're going to be able to turn our brains off and just sit back as a fan and from day 1, I've been team Cody. So I'll be rooting For one, Mr. Cody, don't call me rote. Now, whoever wants to jump on, you know, jump on his side, then hey, they're my bullet club. That's where I'm going with this one.
1: I got to stay Team Kenny. I got to stay Team Kenny. I cannot jump on the Cody bandwagon at this point. Not after everything that we have been through. Not at this
3: point. Well, you, you know, man, this thing is going to be so heated. Yeah. I'm just right now I'm, I'm thankful that we might, cause we might need him that when we get to the review show, where we're going to be running down NXT takeover and Supercard of honor. Yeah, I, that We might need Bello there to keep us separated. This thing might get that hot.
1: Andrew Bello, the Todd Sinclair of Hami media. I like it. I like it. So that's going to wrap things up for the ring of honor, super card of honor preview show. Of course, Rick and I will be back in your ear holes this weekend many, 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 many more times as we break down NXT TakeOver, Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, and then Monday in the locker room at HackerHameen.Podbean.com. Rick and I will be joined inside the locker room with OneWrestling.com's own Big Ray Hernandez, one of the founding fathers of Hameen Media. Until then, you can find me across all social media platforms, at NotJargo, Rick.
3: How do the peeps, the freaks, and the geeks find you? Well, you can find my personal accounts at the Real RBV, but I also like to remind everyone to constantly be checking out uh, Hammy Media Group on Twitter. All right, Hamin Media Group, and make sure that you're joining us over on Facebook in the Hammy Media Discussion Group for you know all the just you know fun and over uh, huh. <laughs> you know, the top interactive happenings that we have going on, man. Hey. I'm excited, man! I'm ready to get this thing going. I'm sitting here looking at the group now, so I, I'm just—you know—I'm just, you know, just going to shut up and, and kick it out to the audience.
1: That's it for the SuperCard of Honor preview show. Thanks for listening. For now, we're off like a prom test. See ya.